Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that's based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Taylor. I am your host for the evening. We're going to be walking you down a nice cobblestone path that's cobbled with stones. And what are those stones made out of? Not infinity stones because we do not cover Marvel movies. We only cover television shows so they are going to be all of the shows that are based on comic books and we're just going to walk right on down them walk right on over we're, that one it's a nice nice round pebble it looks sturdy solid dependable that's my riverdale we're be, <laughs> we're, maybe I, may, maybe i stumbled over one that's a little rough around the edges it's poking out everywhere you know that's that's a gifted that's a gifted <laughs> if i've ever seen it what's your skipping stone oh skipping stone that's one that's loose and i can just throw around so that's definitely powerless that's one that we don't have to walk over anymore. But sometimes I like to go back and revisit it just for that one, you know, one moment that I enjoyed it when she but, sang karaoke. When Vanessa Hudgens sang karaoke, it's the only good moment of that show. But that is what we—that's generally what we do on this show. I think everyone who is listening, if this is your first episode, you definitely get the picture of what we're about to do. <laughs> With me as always, bye. Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. And Greg, and I'm here to stay. Man, I love a nice cobblestone path. Oh, and Ryan. When you are making cobblestones, yes, is it closer to how you cobble shoes or how you make a dessert cobbler? It for me. Like yeah. it, <laughs> it's a very individual question. And hold it's, on, take a breath before you reveal the Wilhite cobblestone recipe. All right, this is a big deal for me. It's actually more like just taking a bunch of things and throwing them together oh. in like a really haphazard, shitty way. That's how you approach every task and obstacle in your Why, goddamn yeah. life. Why would I approach this any differently? <laughs> you think true. you think suddenly I'm going to be like really diligent about making a cobblestone path? <laughs> I think the integrity of our paths is very important. Well, uh, that's you know what, and that's why this is a very personal perspective for me. You appreciate cobbles more than anyone I've ever <laughs> sure. seen. But me, I'm like eh, whatever. You know, I'm Listen. like an old school cobble yeah. bro. Yeah, and maybe that's because you know I'm I'm a young gun and yeah. I don't I don't appreciate regulators. The, <laughs> the fact that you guys are friends, the fact that you guys are reaching across I the cobblestone aisle yeah. is just. I think it's because we don't talk about it. Like I, yeah, I just think you just don't bring don't up something. Right. Real odd cobblers. Yeah, it's like me with my thruple with Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> like I don't uh, I don't approve of all the things that their organizations do. But you know that's that's a thing we don't talk about. Uh-huh. I like know? that they both decided to slum it the same. Same way with the same person. Well, I mean, I, Wait, I have a who is this person? personality. Jeff Bezos, Mark yeah. Zuck, and Taylor. Yeah, yeah, it's all with Taylor? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One we're, of these things is trouble. not like the other. <laughs> they should be so lucky. Yeah. I mean, listen, they. Uh, I have a magnetic personality. True. They see that in me. And, True. you know, I think a lot of people are just, you know, sucking up to them, and they want that little bit of authenticity. And that's what I give them, because I tell them every day, uh, like, that big corporation over there, I'm not theirs, because we don't talk about their businesses, but, like, <laughs> that big corporation over there, fuck them. Let's burn it all down. I was going to ask you guys, but now I'm just going to ask Greg. Um, from the Pot Filter Amazon account, uh, somebody bought from Amazon a Jeff Bezos mask and a Mark Zuckerberg mask. So we can see. <laughs> <laughs> just for what we buy, not... Not what everybody else buys. Yeah, you can opt in to reveal that. <laughs> yeah, I, click that shit, dude. Well, you know, if you want to tell us what you buy, you can always email us. Yeah, you can just email us. You let can us know. Always email us. Or send at it to us. At your Bought a big bucket of butt plugs. Thought you guys should know. <laughs> LOL. 
I, I thought you were saying bada bing. Yeah. Bada bing, bada butt plug. <laughs> bada bing, bada butt plug. That's what the bucket of butt plugs is called. I, I, I don't remember if I did this on a, on a secret warm up that went behind the paywall or on the actual show a couple weeks ago, but I did walk into a sex shop where they were sent playing Hootie and the Blowfishes. <laughs> I only want to be with you. And I feel like that is the only thing you can listen to while buying a butt plug. It was it was neither a warm up nor a show. It, it was at Ryan's grandpa's funeral, and oh, nobody shit. wanted you to give the eulogy. I, yeah, when somebody yeah. says, "Does anybody else want to speak?" Always just say no. Yeah, don't be like, "Oh, I got a hootie butt plug There's story." A real Miss Maisel move of you. But yeah. also, we should have recorded it. That's true. Yeah, well, that should be behind the ABC. Always be recording. 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 Yeah. Well, we say that because of how my bones creak, and we have to take it out of every episode. Also, nobody in the podcast world mentions just creaks in general more than Taylor. That's like, true. We're always around. I'm delighted. What adventure? What sort of? Habitat are we going to be strolling through onto this week's podcast? I think it, I saw the cobblestone street going into a bridge over a creek. I was like, I know there's a creek around here, yeah. or at least a creek. Oh, well, listen, if it's a creek, we're going fishing. <laughs> if it's a creek, we're, we're painting. Oh, some we're about to enter into See, painting. I always thought that was where were you born and grew up, not uh, one's bigger than the other. Oh, well, no, no, no. It, 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 a creek is fishing. A creek, we're, we're doing some oil painting. <laughs> uh, a a, a, cr- a creek. Buddy, you're from a weird part of the country, and I don't want to deal nothing with you. A kraken is like a big squid from beyond. Uh-huh, and Avoid it, that at all costs. It is, it is juiced Fuck up. Fuck you, dude. That's some <laughs> rum that I'm has gonna, come from a chasm. If I see a kraken, we're going to fight and then become friends. Yeah. I'm not going to avoid. Yeah. Avoid, as a general rule, avoid all eldritch horrors. No. Well, well, you know where we want to get kraken is on this oh, show. Hold on, hold on. It's a creep. So we're gonna so we're gonna talk about the gifted later, but before we get to that, let's get cracking on the super serious shishi bullpen. Now you ruined it. Now we are here in the super serious shishi bullpen. This is the part of the show where we kick back and we uh, have a little fun. We get a little warmed up to talk about the main shows by doing a little something different. This week we're doing a wonderful segment that we haven't visited in a while, and I was missing. So now we're gonna kick right into it. It's called Change One Letter. This is a segment where I am going to read off to you a couple of our shows where we have changed one letter, and you guys are going to tell me collectively what that show is. Can I give like an example? Yeah, give me an example. How about like Raverdale? So I've switched the I yes. to an A, oh, which okay. is just one letter. And this is how uh, like Chip is so pissed because his brother Dale just is now glow lights and dancing yep. every weekend. Boom. Dumb. That's a show. Exa- those, that's an that's an example. Are those chipmunks brothers? I don't know. I thought all chipmunks were brothers. Yeah, that's racist. racist. I guess I thought they <laughs> were just. Racist. I thought they were just like a couple of like confirmed bachelors just kind of <laughs> hanging out. That's what I always assume because they put on those Hawaiian shirts and they go on yeah. adventures together. They're definitely 1960s gay couple. If, yeah. From entertainment that comes from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. If there are confirmed bachelors that hang out, are we now just to understand yeah. that they are a gay couple? Mm-hmm. It's like w- when you read like histories of people from the 1800s and yeah. they're like, they never married, but they lived with their best friend best until the ni- age of 90. <laughs> yeah. Like, we Aww. all know. And all the neighbors, I'm sure, the whole time are like, they are best friends. Man, <laughs> they're <laughs> such good friends. <laughs> Those dudes love hanging out and they make sweet love <laughs> and they die in each other's arms. What breath? Like best friends. <laughs> and that is the quickest way I could think of to describe what this segment is. <laughs> Now we're going to move into the actual segment. Your first change one letter proposal is the talking dead. 
<laughs> okay. What, what's, so, what's this okay. one going to be? It's, oh, here's what it is. It's a show that plays after The Walking Dead. Whoa. Love it. Ha- okay. It has some of the character, some of the people who play the characters. To have a real objective take the on the show. Dead. Yeah. And it's hosted by Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby. Yes. <laughs> hosted by a trio of sexual predators who have died and then come back from the dead. And they're chained oh. to a wall. Yeah. And bisexual like predator, that. you mean uh, like Marvin Gaye. Bisexual predator is, <laughs> is, the na- is that is the name of my next album. Aliens versus bisexual <laughs> predators. That is just what Mike Pence assumes they all are. No matter who wins, it's, it's a party. It's, it's the predator from Predator, but he wears cuffed pants. <laughs> and that's I'm how sick you of being erased in pop culture. Is that how you tell people are bisexual? If like straight have... people long pants, gay people short pants? Well, no, it's, it's, it's not that they have short pants. It's that they have full-length pants that they then cuff. With right no socks. They have, they have, they, yeah, they have cuffed jeans, and they, they tuck in a short-sleeve pattern button-up. Uh-huh. But only in the front. That do, is bi culture. Yeah, that's bi culture. Do people that who cut their jeans? Are they jealous of people who wear cargo shorts, the best kind of pants, and they're <laughs> using those cuffs as extra pockets? Like, can you keep things in your cuffs? I think you well, can yeah. keep like a Werther's original. Yeah, in there. a Werther's, think... a few pennies, a loose <laughs> cigarette. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you're very good, you can do the old timey like they used to do in your your t-shirt cuffs. Right. Uh, put the cigarettes in there. Put a cigarette in there. Plus and it, a dance card. It will yeah. keep your pants rolled up and out of any floods that come around. <laughs> That's true. I'm so sick of these floods. <laughs> well, that is, I think we, we really yeah, cracked we what crashed The Talking it. Dead is going to be. That, that's a better show than The Walking Dead. Yeah. And The Talking oh, sure. Dead. <laughs> uh, you, your, your next Change One Letter show is Boom Patrol. <laughs> All right, Boom Patrol. It's not going to play well in this day and age. But it's definitely like a bunch of bros from Long Island who just try to like, it's a spinoff of Jersey Shore. What do you want to watch this show? Boom. Boom Patrol. And it's just about them trying to score all the time. <laughs> or. And, and Brendan Fraser's still in this show. Yeah, he's oh, the host. Yeah. But How about he this? He hates them. He fucking hates them. In <laughs> order to drive from like Florida to New Jersey or however you get to places, uh-huh. there's a bridge and underneath that bridge is someone named Boompa. That's the Boom Patrol, and <laughs> he has to you, he asks you trivia questions about Taylor's life in 1993, and, and you have you, to get it right. If you lose, he sings his song, Boompa, 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 Boomp. I think it is the TV show version of that Boombox song by Lonely Island, and it's just, it's just retirement home. going from place to place. Playing the boombox and making everybody dance. So this is at the point where like Netflix has released seventy five shows yeah. last hour, and they're like, yeah. "What is left? Well, is that is that Lonely Island song?" I, I actually think that this is a good candidate for the Netflix method of making new content. <laughs> yeah. Where they've, they've said they have an algorithm where they're like, "You just combine three things, and then you write that script, and then someone makes it, and that's how we got the Princess Switch." I think what we have, what we have here is three separate shows. So we're going to have a bunch of dudes who are like a spinoff of the Jersey Shore who are uh, living under a bridge. <laughs> like and, they do. And Greg, you said the Lonely Using Island. like a magic boom box. Yeah. So, oh, so, like, it's so like these guys have a magic boom box that yeah. they are using to extort people for money. And then they fuck those people. <laughs> and they guys... say boom at the end. And that's the show. That's the show. It's so, coming this fall on Netflix. We're going to write three pilots, right? Uh-huh. And then do you guys, to get this final three-way show, do you want to throw all the pages in the air and just yeah. grab what we yes. can? Or do you want to go like page one is from Mike's show, that's page two what is I was from thinking. mine, page three is from Yeah, Greg. we'll just alternate. Maybe we'll do it serpentine, so then I'll get two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to make way too much sense, though. <laughs> yeah. 
I listen. I love this show, so we're putting that right in production. Green light, green light. All right, your next His change one so letter dead. show is got him. Hmm. Okay. Now this is to to clarify. This is like the show Gotham. Yeah. Uh, but instead it, of an A, we put it in an I. So it's got him. But is it a capital H? Or are we talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus well, Christ? Yeah, it's a it's, prank that's show. Up to you guys, <laughs> it's or Jesus. all the apostles <laughs> prank Jesus. Well, no, I think it's it's canonical. That's the reason Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, right? Because too many pranks. Yeah. Well, that's why the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What a great prank! The greatest prank classic the devil ever pulled. <laughs> I still don't think he exists. That is so classic. Lucifer faked his own death wow, to surprise wow, God at his wow, birthday party, wow. and God got really upset. So like it's like you hand him a bottle of wine, yeah. And you're like, I bet you can't turn this into a wine. And then he thinks he did it, and everybody's like, <coughs> on the sidelines. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and when was our last like iconic prank show? Like it feels like it's time. Impractical Jokers for sure. Oh yeah, iconic. Underline capital I. <laughs> iconic. I was thinking maybe it could be um, women who bring up creepy men from their past. <laughs> And then just like uh, a camera crew films them being attacked. I'm surprised that show has not already it's, happened. It's like that meme where uh, they play that like song, uh, like it starts the song, and then they go, "We got him, we got and, him," and then everyone busts down the door, and it gets really shitty. <laughs> what the what? I think anyone who know anyone who knows what that meme meme is knows exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> anyone who does not, that was nonsense. That's how you fucking do everything. Well, I'm trying to be better, but, but not in this instance. On that show, after you get busted, Ashton Kutcher runs in. And he's like, "I can't believe this hasn't happened to me." Yet. <laughs> and then he runs away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Chris Hansen and Ashton Kutcher team up. They do the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z, and then that's this show. <laughs> but they have like competing teams where Chris represents yeah, so the women and Ashton well. represents the dudes, the creepers. Yeah. We all also remember trading spaces, right? Oh, with Eddie course. Murphy. <laughs> that's yeah. also what I thought. You know what? I've just now put together that that's probably a play on. Yeah, that I think those two things are related. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was very young when Trading Spaces was so, uh, a part of my life. So. What do we do? Just come up with 11 different shows? Yeah, money you're makers. welcome. Yeah. Hey, we already fucking wrote these scripts and mailed them to ourselves, so the patent <laughs> is oh, in yeah. our pocket. You're never going to get around the mail to yourself. <laughs> All right, your next show and final show in this little Ever? hopper. Yeah, we're never going to talk about another television <laughs> show. Greg, you're free. This is going to really ground this show. That is The Sifted. So gold miners? Okay. I was okay. I, I was I, thinking flour. I was, well, yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking. Is uh, it because of my my affinity for baking? Yeah, exactly. So I was imagining it was just about like an anthropomorphic bag <laughs> yeah. of flour, trying to give you advice. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's favorite adorable little bag of flour, Mister Sifty. I was thinking a bunch of people who don't know they're sick, and then their skulls start to rot away because dirty sex they had. They're syphilitic. You went a different way with it. That would be fun. That would be a good time at the movies. All right, so a bag of flour gets syphilis. Yeah, Yeah, the sifted. And then he teaches kids how to make a bill. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I understand exactly how this works. I don't want syphilis. I don't want head rot. That can happen to me. Yeah, the way you live your life. Well, listen, just keep it clean, dog. I put my dick in every bag of flour. There you go. a, A quick PSA. 
know your status always. Get yeah. yourself tested if you're sexually active. And if you catch it early, you can just get treated and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of them, other than the big ones, you can get <laughs> treated for. And if you're careful, the big ones are essentially not an issue anymore. If you're careful and or <laughs> really, really rich. Yeah. If you, Listen, if you have a lot of uh, uh, unprotected sex and you're worried about HIV, get on PrEP. It feels like we're doing a uh, syphilis song to the tune of the diarrhea song. Like... <laughs> If you're worried and you're careful. Uh, but just remember, guys, that though, though I have it, it's not syphilis me. It's syphilis us. Like, we, at this point, all We are it. a team. Yeah. So, welcome to Head Rot, bitches. And now, if Taylor makes fun of you, he's insensitive. <laughs> uh, you know what? That was beautiful, Ryan. And I appreciate it. That's all the time we have. I think we really nailed that one. And that one's going right to, uh, what's the kids' network? Nick Jr.? Nick O'Lodian. Nick O'Lo... Of the Dublin O'Lodian. Lo Dion Sanders. <laughs> uh, is that a person? I'm just saying that, no, now. that's uh, Wait, do you yell at Ryan because his makes sense to what we were talking about and you could just do free associ? Yeah, well, I don't know how words work. That's <laughs> all the time we have for the uh, super serious issue bullpen. Now we're moving on to our main segment where we talk about the season finale and possibly series finale of The Gift. Previously on X-Men. This week, on the last ever, question mark, episode of The Gifted, there's a lot of loyalty shifting going around as the characters set themselves up for the potential end of this show. The cuckoos make the Strucker kids blow up a building, and so the purifiers move on the good guys, but they are distracted by shooting Johnny T-Bird. They do that for a while before he levels them with the most delicious jump punch of the series, a series noted by one acclaimed podcaster as containing many a beautiful jump punch. <laughs> then, Reed sacrifices himself to kill Reva, which somehow ends a full-blown national crisis, even though his attack results in the second building being destroyed by a group of mutants in the span of a few days. Then, Blink comes back, despite recently dying, and tells the remaining good guys that they need to come with her. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Did this episode do enough to make you want more of this show? <laughs> and, where do you think Bleak came from and is taking the gang to? It certainly did not. I don't know what the gifted could do this <laughs> no. far in in one episode to make me go, you know what? <laughs> Maybe now they'll figure it out next season. Did they get their season, this season cut? Like, did they have the order of episodes cut? No, they got it. Like, they, they extended got extended by three, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, because this kind of, I don't know if, it, if you guys feel this way, but it had a very truncated feeling. Like, oh, shit, now we got to bring all this home. So here we go. It's over now. <laughs> My guess is that, um, and it all felt very season finale mm-hmm. if not series finale E. But maybe the uh, pickup didn't come. Like, it's supposed to come at a certain time, and yeah. then you start getting worried. And then they have to sort of change what they want to do or what they do in the episode. But it didn't make me want to go back and watch or hope for a third season, certainly. But it did make me think that if you have seen and liked every episode, that you're okay. Mm. You got you got an yeah. ending. This, yeah. And I, I have to say, as the person who's watched basically every episode of the show, this would be a top five episode. Like Ooh. That's so disappointing this was for a, me, for you. Yeah. This was, this was really honestly like a pretty okay episode well, of the gift stuff moved yeah you know? and so I mean, often yeah. the, of the time the knock that we have is that nothing fucking happened mm-hmm. yeah it didn't motor and i felt like at times maybe it was trying to do some complicated stuff with like all the people like loyalty shifting either mm-hmm. like as you know, esme's arc yeah, was a little yeah. interesting almost and, i mean and think about imagine what that would be like for her they're like okay Esme, help us just distract your sisters and she's like okay and she distracts her two sisters there's a scene where there's like a what do they call it? Mexican standoff. 
and a whole bunch of people are standing around. And suddenly, Esme turns on her sisters and distracts them. And so Marcos shoots uh-huh. both of them with lasers in the chest. And I don't know what she thought was going to happen. but Yeah, I no, don't think she anticipated that. No matter what, her reaction is going to be like, no, 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 yeah. I hate all of this. Yeah, she was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> the other thing I realized, too, watching Esme go through that is that this is X-Men Succession. Like, this is just, uh, the cuckoos uh-huh. are, like, the siblings from Succession. Just fuck each other over. Yeah. Like, this is awful. We're going to help each other the whole time. The, the, what didn't make sense is she's like, no, you guys run. I got to stay here with them. And the next scene, she's just with the good guys. Like, yeah. I stayed with them long enough. Like, well, you didn't really make that decision then, that's, show. Yeah, no, see, that's exactly the kind of thing that happens on the show all the time. They forgot to not have her be in the next scene. Because <laughs> they like because everybody making the show is just pretty much over their heads. Like, yeah. it, it feels like they don't know how to actually do a show. And even yeah. at the end here, it still doesn't feel like they know quite how to do a show. The, I, the end of this episode felt like they were like, what if we tried to be This Is Us for an episode? <laughs> and this show does not have the capability to pull that off. What does that all. mean? Like, they did the whole, like, at the very end when... Dad's the, dying. Yeah, like, da- oh, dad's, dad's be dead. dying, y'all. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, man, Dad, you weren't here. We miss you. But you know what? Things are going to be okay. Because you gave your life to help out this little baby. And, and other what? and other things contained in this montage. And we got a new crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not even sweating that anymore, This Dad. one's red. Don't it, worry. It just felt like they tried to do the, Dad has to sacrifice himself, and then, well, we're going to wrap it all up and be real emotional about it. And I was like, you haven't earned that, yeah. show. But just to defend, like, a not great episode of TV, the dad did sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I do and actually believe, according to Greg Law, that he is fucking dead. Oh, yeah. He exploded out. Yeah. And, and, and because Amy Acker is great in a shitty show, the scene between them talking while things are flying and people are flinting, it's old Star Trek style, like, I guess yeah. we'll all move yeah. She, those two souls, and him run to the elevator. Oh, fuck. Double gun shoot. That got more than I, I do have to say, on a show where almost everything was bad all the time and where the acting was... A lot of times, like, you just felt really bad for the actors because of how, what a terrible job they were doing. Amy <laughs> Ackerman brought her A-game every single episode and really was, like, the best part mm-hmm. of this show. She and has her, acted before. Yeah, and will act again in the future. Like, I, I kind of am glad for her. This show's not going to be around. She needs to get on to something else. I, I was Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what did you guys think about uh, Johnny T-Bird's My Name is Horace, Fat Kid from Monster Squad moment, where he's like... <laughs> Mr. What it was, Mr. Proud started, he goes, my name is Thunderbird. Fuck, I wish my name was cooler than that. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, his name is Johnny T-Bird, right? Yeah, that's what the intro. Yeah, the, the intro uh, clearly yeah. called him Johnny T-Bird. Uh, yeah, his name is Johnny T-Bird. I'm sure that the budget for this episode was not what it was for the pilot. I'm sure that the budgets have been dwindling hardcore. Um, but that scene where he was running out was so so edited to death mm. and nobody was like into it at all nobody on screen was yeah. into it and it reminded me of did you guys ever like um when you were a kid the cartoons were over saturday morning but you kept watching tv anyway yeah and like live action shows were yeah. on oh. malibu that, dreams that's what the action felt like like it was cheesy yeah and we and the smallest acts in the world they found the smallest acts that could find them we yeah get- okay i we have to talk about that <laughs> yeah this is a guy who can like pick up a car over his head and he's going to use a tomahawk. And it's, like, so tiny in his hand. <laughs> Why does he have this little tomahawk? It's, a, it's like one of those little, like, you know when you see a, a clockmaker with a little tiny hammer? <laughs> like, that is essentially what he has. It's so like he had he, to wear the magnifying glass yeah. while yeah. he was making it? He went to fucking Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> and grabbed the tiniest tomahawk. 
That should be a kid's book. <laughs> <laughs> the tiniest tomahawk. But I, I, I mean, like, hopefully this is the last one we have to watch. But it did deliver <laughs> on the two things we wanted, which was an epic fucking jump punch. Okay, uh-huh. that and this honestly, his move is jump punch, uh-huh. and I've always appreciated that. About even him. when that's going to hinder your punch. Yeah, for sure. Even when he has to look big. Wait, give me a sec. Back time out. Time out. Time out. But that one, like with the wall kick, and then oh man, flying right in there, and they used. They used guide wires, and the wires looked really cheesy, but still, that jump punch. Mm. Wait, did Greg just say the show was as good as the wire? I think so. <laughs> uh, I think so. And then the other thing it gave us that I was really hoping for is so much uh, faces reacting to mental mutant powers. Uh-huh. We got saw so many actors like just mess their face up. After a season of hearing Greg describe her half-assed scream, I now get to see it and be like, she's just yawning. Yep. <laughs> they captured her yawn. The, uh, the daughter struck her. Uh-huh. Uh, when they're being like manipulated and being walked around, she's like, oh, please just stop. And like, she's trying so hard. <laughs> Lorna was throwing stuff around and made the bad guy just was like, mm, just a, like a little mm, scrunch face. Yeah. Like he just smelled something bad she, for a second because magnets. She can do, she can manipulate like any metal anywhere. And her first move in that fight is she just like busts a couple light bulbs. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, you go now. <laughs> no, Lorna, you have to do more than that. Both teams are so bad at fighting. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really want to talk about real quick. Um, and sometimes I forget forget that shows are on Fox and that's a network but then also attached to other stuff yeah uh, there's a line in here where Amy Acker straight up says like I'm not a mutant I don't have powers so I got all the guns and I love guns <laughs> yeah dude and then when she finally fires it uh, she does something with the gun and then the camera cuts and she gives her whoever's standing next to her like the biggest wink and smile like you see what guns do I mean and, and the, thing she, dead the thing she does does it but right before that is she shoots somebody to death mm-hmm. and then she's like all right <laughs> yeah thumbs up. They, i mean and we don't expect these shows to like deal with death or violence but the the gun glee was yeah. in full effect i in do this have to say i i watching this episode i was sometimes afraid i was going to start giving it too much credit but some <laughs> one if there was one thing that i wanted to kind of see i think they had been showing this whole season how this Strucker family was going to be separated from the good guys and kind of start trending as a unit, a very internally cohesive unit into a more like morally gray area because they all got so hyper violent this year and she was the most hyper violent. So in a way that there is a continuity to that, she had like shot a cop to death a couple episodes ago. So she'd be shooting people. Cause she got pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had a rough Not day. today. <laughs> she was just like waiting in line at Starbucks. She's like, ah, let's shorten it. <laughs> I need my grande. If the show was to get picked up, did they Oof. ruin the best thing about it? Like now that there's, is there only one cuckoo now? And doesn't that kind of suck? No, because honestly, I know we said Reed is like dead, dead. But I, on this show, I would say if the show comes back, they will bring back anybody they want uh-huh. to. Because mm-hmm. Blink was just absolutely gunned down. And then they're like, oh, it's probably a different version of her. I could definitely see them saying with like Reed, he learned finally how to control his powers. And he, using the energy, he pulled himself back together. <laughs> uh-huh. And with those cuckoos, I think they purposely had them both be shot in the chest. Right. That way you could think it's deadly in the moment. And then later they'd be like, and they each got a metal heart after that. I thought Ooh. it was the kind of thing where they, <laughs> the actress was like, oh, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. Man. Knock off two of those. There are times where she looked really tired. And remember, in the comics, there's five. And they were just like, fuck now. <laughs> so they're like, uh, two no. of them died. There were five here, too, in the beginning. But now two of them are dead. Because we're not fucking doing it. Where we have to stage these scenes and shoot them three different times. Was that Bishop, Morlock Bishop? Yeah. Did they call him his name? Because he has the powers of Bishop. He has the M on his face like Bishop. And he but said, he's not, hit he's, me and I'll get energy. Yeah, but he's Erg. 
Erd. What? That's Erd. not a cool Erd. name. Like that, dude, that dude's bishop. But we watch shows all the time that feel like about? that they're protecting movie stuff. Uh-huh. You know, like so we can't use the names or whatever. We might talk about that later in Gotham. Uh, Bishop's not a hot prop. Like, he, why couldn't they? He was in Days of Future Past for yeah. a minute. Yeah, <laughs> he's right on the bubble. He yeah. really is. Uh, because they worked cable into it. I feel like once they started getting to the cable Deadpool area, they're like, ah, oh, Bishop is not as cool as them, but he's like in the same kind of sphere. I don't know. And is Erg like a fan favorite? Is he something you look forward to when you're watching? No, <laughs> the whole Morlock thing is so weird every time they would do it because they're, they're supposed to be these mutants that are outwardly mutants who live in the sewers and basically live in garbage all day long. And it's all these young, like 20 something attractive like model types, male and female, yeah. and then with like a smudge on their cheek, and then one guy in full prosthetic makeup <laughs> who looks like a lizard person, and it's just it's so weird. And then these like set ass sets, it just it, it it all felt so fake every time they would do it. You know what I think that the gifted's biggest problem is is that we have uh, like these fanfic YouTube superhero things uh-huh. where people will uh, like make these trailers for and. That's what the costumes and the action and the editing look mm-hmm. like. It's stuff that we would see on YouTube yeah. that has like 500,000 hits. It's not just when Johnny T-Bird yes. was uh, running and fighting everyone. They decided to do this thing where if everybody's talking but it's an action scene, lower the camera and do like almost a Dutch angle but not really and then just edit the shit out of it. Yeah. And it looks like you. this is your first time making a show. Dude, it is. If you, if the, if the, if you look at who makes this show, they have all been like – a sort of important person on a not very good TV show before they got the ability to make this. And like nobody brought the steady hand. Nobody brought the experience. The acting on the show is so bad because nobody who makes it knows how to communicate with actors. I I can just feel that these actors are better than this, but they're just not being given helpful notes about what they're supposed to do. And like everything about the show is just a little ridiculous. That Johnny T-Bird thing, when he runs, his plan is created is to be a distraction. So his distraction is, I'm just going to stand here while you yeah, shoot me. Yeah, that was bad. Like, and I <laughs> bad know I plan. Can, yeah. Like I it did work, with, though. Like, everybody yes. did focus on him. And then he punched the shit out of everyone. So I guess it kind of worked. But it's like, imagine how much more effective it was if he just flanked them and just suddenly started attacking mm. some from an un, like a, like a, a location you don't expect. That would be way better. <laughs> yeah, and it also, I haven't watched a lot of this show, but is his superpower that he just, like, bullets don't hurt? His like, superpower what? is a bunch of quasi-racist Native American stuff. So <laughs> he's very strong. Yeah. But that, like all these things, that fluctuates so much. He's not bulletproof, but bullets only hurt him. They don't kill him. But he takes like sort of a random amount of damage from bullets. But if you've got a water-resistant watch, that means like if it gets splashed, that's fine. Yeah. He dives into the ocean. Like yeah. he, he should have been died. Yeah, killed. for sure. And then he can like put his hand on the ground and sense like a whole bunch of things. Uh, like if the ground is hot? Thinking of blink. The, w- w- yeah, exactly. And then it's, she was like appearing, right? Yeah. He would like would, would sense where people were and then he would see like a ghost of blink. I just assume like I zone out. <laughs> like I know I should be doing this thing, but yeah. oh, I miss my girl. But I, he's a character that I think is tough to work with in a modern setting because he was very racist when he first entered the comic book. And so it's he's just like this like conception of what like white America thinks Native Americans are. And the show did like always walked a fine line. And then they had him like put on the eye makeup and use a tom- tomahawk for this. And I felt like, ooh, you were right on the razor's mm. edge of so much of this. He didn't whoop. And I bet yeah. I bet there were conversations. Didn't about have that. fire water. Yeah. What about when he threw cornucopias at people? <laughs>
And then there's the end. Like, I do want to do that because they had this plan for Blink and then they turned it around. So I yeah. do want to talk about the Blink 180, too. God uh, fucking damn it. <laughs> God fucking damn it. If you're, if you're a hardcore X-Men fan, how many times... Because this is going into some sort of Days of Future Past, yeah. right? Yeah. How many times... Is this supposed to excite us? How no. many times have we seen this fucking storyline? I think it was a Hail Mary. I yeah. think it is supposed to excite us. It's also supposed to be like, they only showed us one burning building. Uh-huh. So I think it's supposed to be like, they, they, they want to hear what people say about it yeah. and see if people... <laughs> Right. Want an Age Judge of the Apocalypse buzz. thing, uh, but then maybe my, they might do something else with it. I think it is, it, but it is they're trying to go long and hope that there's going to be this groundswell of like we want to see this show do Age of Apocalypse. And I have to tell you, I can't imagine anybody watching this show and thinking that it could transition into like a post-apocalyptic. Oh, also let's like, double the budget. Yeah, based on your third. <laughs> they don't have the budget for it. They don't have the writers for it. They don't have the actors for it. There's no way they could get the sets like. There's, they can't do this, and so they're pretending like maybe they will to try to save the show, but it'll be the first thing they take back next season. Well, that is all the time we have to talk about The Gifted. We will see Ever, if it, probably. Ever, probably. <laughs> if it gets picked up, we'll see if all of that stuff comes to fruition. I highly doubt it. If it was going to get picked up, I think it would have been I feel like I got now. a lot of stuff off my chest. There's like <laughs> two years of watching this show, and I feel like I really got it all out there. Good on you, Greg. <laughs> I mean, the only way it would happen because of all the real-life stuff that's going on is that it somehow sneaks under the radar and stays on Fox, even though that's shifting to just reality and sports. I mean, Disney Plus isn't going to say, all right, let's do one more yeah, season. No, you know, like, no. It's just, It's just out. It's just done. It's done. So that is all the time we have for The Gifted. Now we're moving on to The Pull List, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in The Pull List. This is the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off for us is Sci-Fi's Deadly Class. This week on Deadly Class... Marcus confesses the truth about Chester to Saya, which leads them on a citywide manhunt. Taste buds, I ask you this. We all say we like this show, but why is it always the first one we stop watching? Why is it always well, the first one we stop watching? It's always the first it's one all- we stop watching. Why, why is it so rare we watch it? You say we always say we like this show. <laughs> There's so much wrong with your question. <laughs> Explain we and always. I never mean Taylor. Okay. Well, okay, the, the pilot was panned on this show. Yeah. But then the second one was supposed to be pretty good. And then there was the Vegas one where they kill his dad. And that was like, you. I thought you got into that. And I thought, more importantly, your wife got into yes. it, Ryan. And then we watched the next one and she was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then I, you were out. And then I missed this one. I don't, I, I wanted to. Like, I'm not out, out. It just, you know, week went fast. But um, that's what it is. It's on Wednesday nights. And that, like, the first part of the week goes by so slowly. But at some point on Wednesday, which I call hump day, Everything just starts going downhill really fast. You can use that. Just attribute me. Is that from that Geico camel commercial? <laughs> Did they create that? Uh, yeah, the other thing, too, is it's the only show that doesn't send us screeners. That's you know? Right. Come on, sci-fi. Get off your ass. DC. Uh, did anyone watch it this week? No. Cool. The <laughs> Deadly Class is on Sci-Fi Network on Wednesday nights. Your next show this week is Runaways. This week on The Runaways, AWOL is a big, mean baby snatcher. And he forces Livy to reveal the location of the runaways, who hold him at bay before capturing him. But Nico struggles to hold the spell protecting the house and seems to pass out before making a full recovery, developing spooky purple eyes, and disappearing like 20 cops. Chase takes Gert and Old Lace back to her parents to get cured, and Frank takes over the church at Gaborum and turns on Leslie. Also, one half of all the parents are acting soups strange. Too much soup. So, Pod Kids, I ask you this. What do you think is going on with these parents who are acting weird? 
And why does it only seem to be happening to one out of every pair of adults? They're, they're the aliens yeah, they're that escaped the ship. ship. Okay, so here's my question. Besides the question I just asked. Uh, isn't the show acting like that's a secret when it's clearly what's going on? Like, they're not, they're, the show is neither saying this is totally what's going on, nor are they like really mm. hiding it in any way. It's this weird in-between thing where it's kind of like an open secret. I think they know we know, and they're letting the characters take their sweet-ass time to figure it out. Yeah. Now, when you say we, That's do you mean your n- average audience member or the four of us? The four of us specifically. I think it's supposed to be a secret that oh, basically everybody figures out, but that like mo- that your average audience member feels pretty clever they think. The minute out. Tina is oh, yeah. sensuously into cake, you're like, "Ah, she's the alien." And it was pretty clear that like Jonah had an alien in him and then he died and became the Australian guy and mm-hmm. they all all like the spirits out of the ship all fly off in random directions. Is this a metaphor for communism? This yeah. is a metaphor for communism, of course. Uh but my second question is, why is it just one half? It would be so much better if they each took over a parent like of every couple and then they could move as a unified I, I don't think they was had a it, choice. Yeah, it was random, right? Yeah. The, uh, we and, don't know. And they're trying to find each other, so they don't know who is an Has alien. Has the show explained this? No. Okay. But you just That's what you just said. But yeah, if you're Victor an alien. and Tina found each other, and they're like, uh? Oh, uh, that's uh, true. Yeah. So the, yeah, the show has at least explained that. So like, I think it's drama reasons, and okay. it's fun to watch the couples be like, you're not acting like you, and that means for... Janet, she gets railed in a good way for the first time in decades. Yeah. And for Dale, he has to grow a backbone because his loopy, hippie wife is acting like a jerk. Also, aliens don't have backbones. Uh, but so You don't know that. Jane, hey, don't, don't that's very reductive. That. That that's that very that reductive. They're goopy or gaseous. Uh, Jane is an alien, right? Ch- uh, Chase's mom is an alien. No, Chase's no, dad is an alien. Yeah, Victor Stein is the alien in that. Victor's okay, alien. and that's why. So alien, if and you're it an kind of comes and goes. Like there, sometimes the right. aliens have the spotlight. Sometimes yeah. the so there's not. It's not you, and then there's an alien that looks like you. Mm-hmm. No, there's an alien inside, inside you, and sometimes you. it comes up, and sometimes and it they doesn't. like they like uh, they like new senses. So they like sex. They like cake. They like. It just seems like that they're oh yeah, that's they very love the fuck. that's very unique to them. These aliens are really weird in that they enjoy sex and cake, but in a way that these characters have never acted. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, okay, so it's random. They just all got mm. hit. Okay, well, that does make sense, and I kind of see how that is, that is explained. What's going on with Nico, do you think? The purple eyes. Has the staff, like, taken I over? Think the more she uses it, the more it takes over. So when she just sat there for an hour using it, the staff's like, my time. And is it just time <laughs> using it? Or is there, like, the, is there a bigness of the spell that also fucks her up? All of the above. They have not explained this either, but I think it's all of it. And did she murder AWOL and his crew? Because I would love for that to happen. I hate yeah, AWOL what, so much. She says, it's kind of like D&D command rules. So she says, get out. Uh-huh. And they all just disappear. They thanos right? No, they're, they're closed state. She raptured they're closed them. State. So, but so like, they're naked somewhere. Under <laughs> what definition of get out is that? Like, Get out of where? Did they get out of the planet? Get it's, out of existence? It's like the wand knows what Nico is thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. So say okay. the words and then I'll look into your brain. Okay, that's true. Yeah. So like she could put a bunch of people to sleep again. She couldn't mm-hmm. say sleep, but if she said like get dozy. Nap time. Do you guys have moments of the week, Ryan? My moment of the week is where uh Chase's parents bang it out. Yeah, uh-huh. this rail. And then Chase's dad uh loses the alien and he's back to being an asshole and he comes back in and uh like, you know, Chase's mom's like, that was wonderful. We just had sex. And he was like, uh, you know how much I like a clean lab? And it's a Wednesday afternoon. There's no <laughs> way we would have sex. Which, that's how parents roll. Greg? Also, like, dog, you could tell if you just had sex. 
Like pee weird. Yeah. yeah. Just like grab that dick. Like you know if you did it. Like <laughs> come on, man. Just because you don't have a memory of it. Like well, why how come my shorts are kind of damp? All right. Uh, <laughs> the kids are someone is sick. I can't remember Gert. Let's say. Uh, and uh, Chase is like, well, we have been eating a lot of literal garbage. <laughs> so, nice. They eat garbage. Mike. Uh, Chase thinks he can pump them all up given their situation and he ends with the sports thing of pain heals but glory lasts forever and he ends it like it's a coach taylor but all the kids just stare at him and he's just like oh. these are kids that are not inspired by sports <laughs> no, like yeah. pick your audience dude uh runaways is on hulu all the time we're watching it week by week so check it out with us your next show this week is doom patrol on the second episode of doom patrol cyborg finally enters the picture not as a justice league member but as a nerdy superhero twerp trying to make his bones in the world and make sure his former mentor, Calder, is okay. This all leads us inside of the Donkey, which is a portal to another world that forces Rita, Larry, and Cyborg to deal with Alan Tudyk's psychological donkey torture. Meanwhile, Robot tries to babysit Crazy Jane as she goes through all the personalities. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does the inclusion of the farting donkey into the plot line make the farting donkey go down smoother? Yes. Because now they all have to be sucked into the donkey. Last week, we seemed sort of pissed that there was just some fart joke at the end uh-huh. for no reason. But now we see the reason. Yes. And so now do we have more trust in Doom Patrol that it's not just going to have farts for no reason? Yeah, I think it'll settle into itself. Like do we have fart. trust in ourselves that we won't just have farts for no reason? <laughs> no. I, I always have a reason. <laughs> uh, I have to ask you guys. I listened to last week's episode, and you guys loved the, the first episode. I watched this, and I liked this episode. How did it stack up next to the first in your mind? I I liked it. I, I think I was less up on this one than the first. The first, but I also I, I love this cyborg character. I am fascinated that DC in any medium cannot make him work and has been trying so hard. He's to. on every team now, right? On the cartoon, he's uh-huh. on Team Titans. He's on Justice League, and now he's, he's on, on Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. He's on the Avengers. He was just elected to Spring Court. <laughs> he does it all. Uh, and I like this version of him a lot with the something to prove his dad's pushing him. So you get like that angle. And it's so weird for a, a half robot man to hate a robot man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's some race stuff going on for sure. It's like Black Klansman all over again. <laughs> but yeah, but the two of them are great. And yeah, like as far as DC goes, the cyborg is the exact opposite of Nolan's Batman. Or all the stuff that they've been trying to do. You know, yeah. like try mm. this. This is working. And just like we talked about with uh, Robot Man and Crazy Jane having a relationship in the first episode, Robot Man and Cyborg, like, they're set now. Like, they yeah. have a set-up relationship, and that's something that they just always forget about. It, it feels pretty smart, and maybe they're doing it on purpose, where everybody has a relationship with Robot Man. I don't know how Cyborg deals with Miss Goopy yet, but <laughs> they, like, he is the center. They know how, and then as the show goes on, they can figure out the other relationships. It's- I have to say, a joke that I could see going either working or not working, but I think is really working so far, is the way every time Robot Man encounters something crazy, he just yells, holy shit! <laughs> so, like, there's Are four you fucking times, kidding me? There's four times in this episode where he'll, like, suddenly see a weird hellscape, and he's just like, holy shit! <laughs> if he does that every single time he sees something crazy, I think that could really pay off in the long term. What about the second dose of Alan Tudyk? Like, at one point, he's like, what is this, a Grant Morrison comic? What are we on, like, the DC Universe? Are you guys still watching this? <laughs> I felt like they kind of, that that was real up for grabs, but they kind of brought it home when it's like, no, this is how I actually am interacting with this universe. Like, you are watching me actually do this to these people, and I hate them, and I have this much control over them. And that, like, sort of, like, real creepy turn, I mm-hmm. thought actually brought everything home and made it not eye-rolly and terrible. 
where the doctor hears him do it, and he, like in the Deadpool comics, where everybody hears Deadpool know he's a comic, they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, did, were you guys super spooked by him? I feel like he's a very effective, scary villain. Yeah, feeling seeing only parts of him all the time. Yeah, dude, it's that's creepy. messed up. <laughs> and also, uh, still not sure what why he's doing any of this. Yeah, and also lo- like just gets off on the torture. Like, it yeah. really yeah. just seems like he just loves fucking with these people. And he, he can figure out, like, he's a little omniscient. He knows how to fuck with them specifically. Uh, and to the point, like, I liked him breaking Rita, and then she was like, I can hear you. Like, where she cracked and knew. She's like, what else am I, I wanna, I'm going to play the game because I don't know what else to do. Because <laughs> early in the episode, she goes, we're the ones who don't do anything, which is, like, heartbreaking for a character to be like, here's what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> she, I like how she's so committed to just, like, we just won't get involved. Yeah. We'll be on the team, but we won't get involved. <laughs> do you guys have moments of the week, starting with Mike? I, I think for how many origins they've had to do, tucking Cyborg's origin in within the dream. So we're all getting tortured. We're seeing versions of Rita and Larry we've already seen. And it's not it taking too much screen time. Then we have to see it twice. It's And for Cyborg to tell him what's wrong with it, like, this isn't what happened. This is what happened. I, it was very deftly done. Greg? For me, it's uh, there's a big fight at some point, And um, the guy who's all wrapped up, like the pilot, uh, knocks on the door of Blob, Blob Lady's room and he says, care to join me outside? And then you see in the background someone just go flying and <laughs> screaming and she's like, um, I could go, I could use some air. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, give me that moment of the week. I was a little nervous that Crazy Jane, all of her personalities were going to be like very basic superheroes, you know, like she can stretch, she can turn to fire, but uh, her... Uh, turn her words to weapons. Dude, by, like, that was they, so fucking rad. They come okay, to- that's the moment of the week. Taylor, that's my <laughs> moment of the week as well. <laughs> okay, Greg, let the record show that that is now your Okay, thank you. She'll say, like, fuck you, and then, uh, like, it'll be silver, like a almost like a comic book bubble coming out of her mouth, and then it'll freeze, and then she can grab the fuck you yeah. words, and it's a sword, and she can hold it to <laughs> yeah. your throat. And it looked so good. Yeah. This whole show looks so good, but that looked really good. I hope at least 10 of Crazy Jane's power, like 50 of them are shit that we're used to, and uh-huh. then there's 10 that are like, what the Weird. fuck? One of them is she just does my version of a British accent. It was not a good British <laughs> accent. Oh, <laughs> Crazy Jane. <laughs> Well, that sounds dope as shit, and I'm upset that I did not watch that show this week, Friday on DC Universe. (laughs) Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. This week on The Walking Dead, in a flashback, Tara and Jesus give Ezekiel the community charter. In the present, Alpha negotiates a hostage exchange. Daryl watches with indignation at how Alpha treats her daughter, and the Kingdom crew gets a film projector. (laughs) Later... Henry leaves the hilltop, suggesting he's going out to look for Lydia, and Daryl sets off with Connie in pursuit. Gentlemen, I ask you this. What else would you get instead of a film projector if you're in this situation in the post-apocalypse? VCR, I guess. Right? Why are you going... Why are you it's going like sh- reel-to-reel? Yeah. They went and... Well, they didn't even get Phonograph. the film projector. They That's went out to get a specific <laughs> bulb from a movie theater. So that they can like replace this film projector. So this is just a shitty like PS One video game at this point. Yeah. Let's go find the light bulb in the movie theater. <laughs> it's, it's a that old quest. wizard gave me a quest. <laughs> yeah, you have to line up the popcorn bags. Unleash it. I need ten Griffin feathers yeah, and so- seven Griffin tooths. They won't each have a feather and a tooth. I uh, yeah. So I was dumb to think that based on four episodes this season that the show is back. So you're uh, out. I- I'm out. I'm out until That's how until this further show notice. Goes. That's what it until does. Until further notice, I'm would out. Would you Would you watch it uh, more? Would you Would you be more prone to watch it if instead of Alpha it was Elf? One hundred percent. If he was eating cats all the time, fuck yeah. Taylor and the show are like a couple that 
break up so much that they'll like break up, make up, and break up again at the same time. And party. I'm sick of the Facebook requests every time they get back together. Uh, the Walking Dead is on Sunday nights on AMC. You can keep watching it and let me know if it ever gets good again, and I'll jump back in. Your next show this week is Gotham. Harvey's past full-blown comes back to haunt him as the three cops who trained him turn up dead. Meanwhile, Penguin's accountant reappears as the ventriloquist with a full-blown dummy Scarface oh, calling no, the shots. Mean, meanwhile, Bruce's full-blown John Raffio hair and fights somebody <laughs> who could be Killer Croc. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you this. Who is your favorite villain in the B-Taz era? I'm a dude. I have to say, it's like a love hate thing. But Clayface, I loved, oh. but was so dude, terrified. There, of there was a Kay- Clayface type villain in this episode. Too. Oh, really? They call her Jane Doe, and but it's, it's just, Clayface. If, to me, that like animated is the best Clayface possible. Mm. You know, because you really get to see him flowing around. Was it Killer Croc or Clayface that was just dumb as shit? Killer Croc. It was a big rock. Like he yeah. was the Joey from Friends uh-huh. of Taz. <laughs> where we all found out his tailor was molesting him for years, and it was a joke because the '90s. And I assume we can't say Joker. So no. I would say, yeah, Killer Croc. Yeah, although all the weird. I loved the ventriloquist as a kid because it was so fucking wackadoo. It really is. With it was the, such a, a meek guy. Yeah. With this Scarface, uh, like the, when the puppet sat down at a table, was there like piles and piles of sawdust, and he just shoved them all <laughs> into his nose. <laughs> you know who was pretty rad though, Mister Freeze on the yeah, end? they oh, made yeah. Mister yeah. Freeze legit. Yeah, and he was like almost like a Shakespearean character. Uh-huh. And uh, the, when they released the uh, Mr. Freeze Pop-Tarts, and you could put them in the freezer, and it blew everyone's minds. <laughs> Was Man, that you, your generation's ecto-cooler? Oh, 100%. <laughs> you could put anything that yeah. size in the freezer. Just so you know, all food can you go in the freezer. fucking batteries in yeah. the freezer if you want. Yeah, but does it fucking change colors on the sprinkles? Oh, okay. I fucking think not. Man. Get the fuck out of my house. The 90s are Get all about like temperature house. changing uh-huh. the color of things. Or looking as gross as possible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> eat no, this slime. Eat it, eat it, you piece of shit. You love this, don't you, idiot? You're my 90s slave. Buy ectoplasm. <laughs> Mike, do you have a moment of the week for this uh, show? I have a tie for the Scarface the Dummy saying, eyes down here, pal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, when Penguin Did he have nice cleavage? He had great cleavage when Penguin was trying to talk to the accountant. And then uh, Barbara hates old people because the, the old cops try to walk into her bar and she's like, Ugh, how fucking old are you? And just like so many old jokes in a row. I was like, yeah, Babs, get it. Uh, Gotham is on Thursday nights on Fox. Your next show this week is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Archie does every part of a million-dollar baby except (laughs) the getting paralyzed part, which is a bummer for all of us. Meanwhile, Hiram is back on his feet and putting together what the fuck happened while he was in a coma. Jughead tries to bring the poisons back into the fold, and Betty rescues her mom from getting religion drowned in a marriage tomb. (laughs) Gentlemen, I ask you this. Is the show somehow treading water, or is it drowning and looking for a Betty to save it? We've been on such a good run that I'm going to just chalk this up to uh, pieces setting episode, and yeah. that's it. But this was oddly tame and boring. That's I, I feel I would give you that, except I felt like the batshit crazy episodes earlier in the season were supposed to be just wipe the board clean and set the table. I, the fact that we're having what seems like another table setting episode this close in and it's kind of boring, I'm concerned that they don't have enough to finish this season out. That's absolutely true. But I think now that we know that, out of gas. can't we just give them two or three episodes a season where we don't have to be bowled over? I mean, yeah, but this just didn't give me. I, th- I think the other problem that this episode had was it's so much about Archie and how yeah. fucking stupid he is. Man, and like, when, when they pulled that stool out, were you hoping for the yeah, full oh, million dollar I fully baby? Did. I fully, I was like, maybe this is how, like, maybe 
I, I thought based on the fucking bear attack a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. which I, he still has like the yeah. this little tiny scar. Of. But so they brought the stool out, and there was a part of me that was like, "What if this is what the show is now? It's just every few episodes they like ruin Archie's life, and he slowly just like they rickety cricket Archie." And, like, oh my god! What if like, what if the coach or the whatever you call the boxing guy put the stool out, and then you saw a bear arm come in and tilt it? <laughs> it's just always the bear. Taylor, I do think that is what they're going to be doing, though. I think he's going to just suffer more and more and more. Yeah, because like they, they fucking uh, like what was it last week or the week before? They gave him that uh, like very brief alcoholism uh. like storyline, which was like, what's going on here? But and, like all just to get him with Josie, which they are not a good couple together. I don't think. Do you know what it is though? I uh, was watching it and I was like, this is fine, it's all right. And then I realized when uh, Betty was running and Lily Reinhardt, although not Tom Cruise. Good runner. Yeah. She's a great dude, runner. She must run because she was really, and she was scooting along too. Yeah, dude. She, was, like, she was hauling. She was really trucking. <laughs> is that there were four plot lines and each of our Fantastic Four was in a different plot line and we need them to be together. Yeah. Like yeah. put the four of them or three of them together and then have an adult one. But when they're this separated, it's not that fun. I feel like they have been doing that more and more as the show has gone on. Like the first season, they were a core crew. And mm. then starting season two, they started breaking them up. At this point, they very rarely are together. And I feel like the entire show is hurting for it. And I mean, if, if they're doing this table setting thing where they're all going to come back later, like are all four of them going to run around and solve all four of these plot lines? Like that's not going to work. No. Also, part of this was they kind of changed people's feelings about things. And they do this on the show a lot, where they kind of just alter how people should feel about things. The cult. When uh, Betty's like, my mom wants to go join a cult. Jughead's like, maybe she should just support her. Or, yeah. I don't know, pretend to support her. Wh- whatever. And then... Uh, Kevin, Kevin is, like, in the group. And Kevin, like, I, thought was, I thought he was going to say, like, the cult is my second favorite thing after Bumble, which <laughs> I use. But Kev- and Love, Simon, on Blu-ray. Kevin yeah. is, like, kind of down with the cult too suddenly out of yeah. almost nowhere and they never said like, like where'd that come from well we know that kevin makes only poor decisions when it comes to hooking I mean, up yeah yeah like that's like, he's gonna hook up with the whole cult <laughs> it i feel like that cult is being mishandled because they set that up episode one of this season and it seems like they just put it entirely on the back burner they mention it offhandedly once every like four episodes and now it's like suddenly like a really important thing like they could have developed that more yeah so yeah is it just gonna go on forever Forever, never. It. God damn it. But yeah, it's that storyline and the fact that like Hiram went into a coma after being shot, and now he's awake, and like that changed nothing about their situation. Yeah, they're they, like, <laughs> like they are still like they're at odds with each other. He's still doing something shady. Their family life isn't good. Like it changed also, absolutely nothing. He's such a fucking shitty gangster. Okay, yeah. he's supposed to be the gangster, but you just every once in a while you see him standing with somebody in a suit. The South Side Serpents, like 90% of the people in that town are in that gang. Yeah. So that they're the gang. They're the one you have to worry about. And then uh, <laughs> Jughead's mom comes back and she's like, I don't know. I'm a gangster. And they're all like, okay, I guess you are. You're equally as powerful as Hiram Lodge now. Yeah. Is Hiram Mookie enough at this point to write Green Book 2? Like, do you think he can tell that story? He's, he's getting close. That is, unfortunately, all the time we have to talk about Riverdale. Greg, what's your moment of the week? Uh, there is a character that is very subtly named Kurtz, uh, <laughs> oh, which is God like the, gar- the, the ghoulies gang leader. <laughs> and uh, he does very much the Apocalypse Now thing, the Heart of Darkness thing. Yep. And then uh, the show's like, okay, we're just going to name him Kurtz. But then the show is afraid that maybe you didn't get it, so uh, Jughead's like, Oh man, they're so far gone. It's like they're 
in a jungle. <laughs> I swear, I rolled my eyes so hard at that. And then she's like, thank you, show. I, had th- I got that. Thank you. Continue. Well, what do you mean by he does the apocalypse now, Heart of Darkness? Okay, so uh, there is a character in Apocalypse Now, uh, which is based on Heart of Darkness, and it's Kurtz, and he's mm-hmm. like deep in the jungle, and he's like lost all sense of himself, mm-hmm. and he like has taken like command of this like tribe, yeah. and he's like crazy and dying and sweaty and fat. And uh, typical Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like the character in the movie and in the book is just trying to get to him the whole time. And then when he talks to him, he's a totally broken figure. And that they do that in like a minute where our, yeah. where Jughead's like walking down a sewer and he's like seeing all this weird stuff. And he meets this ghoulies like leader who is so far gone on G and G and crinkle dust or whatever they call <laughs> it. Uh, and he's just like he does everything but say the horror the horror which is yeah. like the iconic line from that scene it, they straight up took like the end scene from apocalypse now yeah. and did it in 60 seconds and then jughead went ah he's in a jungle and his name's kurtz you guys what what's going on winky, what a winky. what a heart of darkness <laughs> ryan moment of the week uh my moment of the week is um so josie has to sing her song and she sings, We Don't Need Another Hero, which is good for the montage. But that song is very specifically from a movie called Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> so much so that it has lyrics about the Thunderdome. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so she, yeah. she's singing in this montage, like, when are we going to get out of this Thunderdome? Will Mad Max save us soon? It's straight, that was insane. <laughs> My moment of the week is um, Elio is a fight fixer in this episode. Oh, Elio does it all. And my moment of the week is how bad he is at fight fixing because he pays Archie, someone who has never had a fight, to take a fall against a dude who is 12 and 0. That's not how you fix the fight. You no. fix the fight by taking the guy who's the yeah. the favorite. To and then take you make the a fall. lot of money. Like you're gonna make no and money then, on this dude who's obviously gonna lose. He's up against the champion and he's never fought before. And then when when Archie's like, "Hey, I'm not gonna throw the fight," he's like, "Okay, well then I'll just have this guy beat you up." Well, if he could just beat him in boxing anyway, yeah. why are you paying That's people to take day. a fall? But you can tell that Elio is actually the best gangster because he says, "I'll pay you." Archie says, give me the five grand now. And he says, I'll pay you half now. Takes out a wad and gives him the top dollar. That guy has a $2,500 bill in his wad. Whose face is on that? Is that Woodrow Wilson? Okay, Uh, you cannot spend that at the 7-Eleven. Riverdale is on Wednesday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is Punisher. Frank and Rachel go a heisting to take down a Russian mob boss and beat the shit out of a pedophile photographer along the way while Billy riles up a group of veterans. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do you need the plots to start to coalesce, or could you just keep it hanging out with the crazy kids and their mini adventures? Hanging out. <laughs> I mean, I, I like when Mike does me. <laughs> yeah, that was I was just razzing you. Watch me do you. I think that with the last ten minutes of this episode, that the plot was doing as much coalescing as a Netflix Marvel show typically does in an episode. Mm-hmm. That, that, that gave me enough of a fix. And it, it, I think, by leeway of being the Punisher. Him going on wacky adventures is what that character should do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, let's take down pedophiles right now in this episode. And at the more, now that they like each other, the more Frank and Rachel time, the happier I am. Mm-hmm. I fucking, I'm just super into them talking about the world. Yeah, there's a lot of good good moments. There's a lot of good bad moments between the two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess I wish there was more going on. Uh, but between those two just basically hanging out and Billy stalling out on his plot line, so he can get some friends. Yeah. Unless that is his plot line. And we're all building to a season series finale where uh, Punisher and Billy face off. And Billy's background is like 
eight aged veterans <laughs> that like Frank just takes out immediately, <laughs> like with one jump kick. Or is he going to jigsaw all of them up? Because they don't seem very capable. Oh, what? Are they, he's going to put two gentle scars on all of their faces? <laughs> His scars are getting deeper. They were like very weak, and it's like they, even though they came out. All in the same time, it's like they heard our complaints, and his stars are getting more intense every episode. I think they had that technology now. <laughs> uh, this is a dumb thing that bothers me. I do like that Curtis now owns the room at the very end. He's like, I'm sick of being pushed around by everybody. Please listen to me, Frank and Madani. Uh, but and Billy- that's the monster that has been created. <laughs> Frank and Madani? <laughs> no, the, that's the doctor. Right, I'm <laughs> doctor sorry, yes. Frank and Madani's, Frank and Madani's Frank monster. Madani's monster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Billy and Frank are, like, the best killers in the world, and Curtis was on their, like, unit, but is a fucking goober. He, I want him to be better at things. Is that a dumb gripe? Should I just be over this? But it's mad how... No, because if they're fucking, supposed to be part of an elite unit. Yeah. <laughs> but so do you think that everybody on the elite unit just learns how to be a Punisher or a Billy? Yes, that's what that unit does in real life overseas. <laughs> so I would like Punisher Billy unit. So I'd like the character the comic fucking book character version to also be great at things. Oh my god, if Billy and his veteran friends uh, fought Daredevil, would Daredevil use a Billy club to take out the Billy club? <laughs> this is just our time right now. <laughs> Taylor nope. can't even say anything. No, nope, I'm I'm going back to the your intro though. Uh Heisty you heisty. said heisty. That yes. was very heisty. Did that so stick heisty. out? Did, like, so they like plan a full-on Danny Ocean runaround to get like a politician on their side. And like uh, Amy or Rachel is changing clothes yeah, on the fly. Yeah, she switches and now she's in the school kid's uniform because she has like little tie tucked under her collar. And Is that what Amy brings to the Punisher team is Danny Ocean? Yes. She's Amy Ocean. <laughs> Danny's niece. Do you guys have moments of the week? Mike? I feel like that this could go on for like another 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> we could just talk about Danny Ocean's whole genealogy. You don't want that? You know what? Let's, let's put that on Patreon. All right. Uh, <laughs> so Billy makes these new friends, and a guy, one of his new friends, uh, gets towed, and he runs, and he's like, guys, I need your help. And Billy kills the tow truck. <laughs> Billy blows up this guy's life for like $200 fine tops. And the guy's like, the guy goes and tells Curtis, because he realizes, because he's like, I was driving to Texas. I was like, wait, that was just like a ticket. I was, it was just a normal ticket that I was supposed to pay. Now I don't know what to do. <laughs> Fuck Billy, man. Billy's not your real friend. I like watching all characters in all shows that we watch decide when uh, it's too many punches. you know, <laughs> yeah. And then they have to say something. Uh, Ryan, your moment of the week? I, my moment of the week is that I loved Frank and Rachel hanging out. Is it Amy? Amy, right? Uh, she has a real name that I don't remember, so I'm going to keep calling her Rachel. Frank and Amy hanging out, and like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But one of the times she's like, oh, is this just like your daughter? And he reacts poorly. And then, like, ten minutes later, they're sitting on a bench, and he says something. He's like, oh, is this just like your daughter? Like, <laughs> Amy, give it up. Like, this daughter conversation is not going to work. But John Bernthal, again, making me actually care about the Punisher, he, on that bench, I was like, oh, man, this boy can fucking act. Yeah, but he always does that Bernthal thing where, like, he looks around, and his uh-huh. eyes are all shifty, and then the skull on his chest, those uh-huh. eyes get all shifty. He look, they look around. Uh, the Punisher is on Netflix on all the time. <laughs> We're watching it week by week, so, you know, check that out. Your next and final show this week is The Umbrella Academy. This week on The Umbrella Academy, we learned that number five didn't spend all of his time in the future as we had previously learned, as the two mysterious agents following him reveal that they are from a time-traveling assassin bureau and number five is a famous member of their ranks. Meanwhile, Klaus helps him find the owner of a cyber eye and Vanya teaches a guy to play violin. Gentlemen, I ask you this. After concerns last week about forced fan-favorite characters and overused stylistic devices, did this episode put anyone to rest, or did it 
bounce you off of the show entirely? It's a good question because Klaus was Klaus was given something to do, mm-hmm. yes. right? Like he was on a mission or whatever, mm-hmm. and usually that will solve it. But it was still so Klaus, like it was still yeah. so much that no, nah, I and still a put little it bit bottom. Tyler Durden, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, they stole that from Fight Club, the oh, whole yeah. beat myself up thing. But I assume Klaus just watched Fight Club as a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't we all? We, we all made that yeah. mistake. Klaus, I'm still out on. I'm not on the Klaus bandwagon. Uh, but I feel like everything else in this episode put all of my fears to rest. Like, I feel like they, are, they have the mysteries. They're not just relying on what we got in the first episode. They're slowly developing them and adding more as we go. Uh, and I feel like they're doing it really well in a way that I'm like I'm excited to watch more of the Umbrella Academy. But see, it still had a couple of those scenes though, like where uh, what's her name, the rumor, mm-hmm. yes, um, screamed at Ellen Page about like you never know what it's like to be a mom, and I love my daughter, and I really love my daughter, and also I really love my daughter. Like these are the scenes that are hard for me to get through. Like the dialogue is not good, the acting's fine, and I want to get to the creative stuff. For yeah. me, the scenes that were hard to get through were the fucking... What's with this Vanya teaching this guy to play violin? Yeah. Oh, Man. I was into that. Really? I like this relationship. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was also very into that. Uh, but He's I was nerdy like, like me. Okay. I'm, I'm not like... I, she just has a normal weird life. I, I think yeah, I'm but into, it's weird yeah. to devote so much like screen time to her just being like, you know, it's weird for an adult man to learn how to play violin. I assume that that is somehow important, and he is somehow I important. I hope not. But, <laughs> but, I think he's going to try to stab her or kill her eventually. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought he was just going to explode. But like the fact that that like that bit, it felt very odd. I'm I'm with Greg. I'm fine with it in this episode. If if we get to the end of this show and that never comes back again, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck was that? Kind of yeah. my favorite. Here, here's a tip for those of you watching: when I'm like that guy, don't invite somebody to your dad's word, woodworking shop the minute you meet them. Yeah, you know what it felt like is they heard that marvelous Mrs. Maisel was very popular. Like they threw a little bit of that show into this show. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird, but I do <laughs> like. I I did the things that are working for me are the. The the number five stuff like that kid is good and pretty much anytime they do a him jumping around fighting people mm-hmm. while they're shooting to good music scene I'm all on board for it. That I have to right say I, th- I think on some level I actually believe that little kid is an adult looking <laughs> body and so I often lose sight of what a good job the kid is doing because I'm yeah. like well he's just an adult in a kid <laughs> yeah, <body."> like, <laughs> yeah. he's just playing himself one of those real things. <laughs> But yeah, he does have that face that looks like an ad- yeah, a child. Yeah, he, he does adult. have like an oldish, like New York <laughs> yeah. face. Um, the other part of that uh, music scene is what Hector and Chacha, Hazel and Chacha, Hazel, Hazel and, Cha-Cha. and Cha-Cha. And with a lot of these shows, especially with I'm un- if I'm unfamiliar with the source material, I get the feeling that the fans like this in the comic book, and now it's here in the show. Like the weird ass masks. Yeah. And- did you guys get the feeling that like? We couldn't cut these people because uh-huh. uh, the comic book readers love them. No, I didn't get that feeling at all. I felt like they worked really well. Like they did, they were, I think, what Klaus needs to be, which is they have like a fun kind of banter, but they're not like so over the top and like, like I roll my eyes every time on the, they're on the screen. Like their conversation when they're like in that motel room where they're like, just say what's on your mind. He's like, it just smells like cat piss in here and I don't like it. <laughs> And the budget cuts are ruining everything, and this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I get like I middle I be- management assassins are a good time, right? Or I like enjoy- like budget cuts to like the time bureau, uh-huh. like the yeah. people who travel through time can't get a nice hotel. And I like that, and I think that them um, like showing up and like having the masks because like the masks are pro- protocol, like all of that stuff. Like I'm buying that, and I like watching them on screen. And I will give credit that uh, 
I bet there was a big conversation about uh, should we keep the masks? Like, is yeah, that too comic book? I could lose the masks. And but at least they had the thing. Like, no, let's just do it, right? Like, mm, yeah. uh, let's just be weird. Yeah, and I, so those things are working for me. I, I would have liked it a lot better though if one of them had said, "Like, did you hear Sarah Lance is a captain now?" <laughs> I, I like how they're treating Diego. We all hated Diego in the, the first episode. Yeah. Uh, in this we watched one, him flirt. When you watch the rest of the world treat him how we think about him, and yeah. it's how cops should treat Batman, is just tasing him and be like, get the fuck out of our investigation. Yeah. Stop trying to solve crime. <laughs> you are bad at this. And the cop that Diego, I guess, had a previous relationship uh-huh. with, we have 40 of those characters in our shows. Yeah. But I do like this one. I think yeah. that she's got like <laughs> just enough difference. Mm-hmm. I also like his bendy knife throwing. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if he's like telekinetic and that's how he's doing that, but it's it's cool. And his raw egg eating that makes number one go... <laughs> the way he does it, he actually has like a knife power glove, and he's just sending them <laughs> along like that. So it's time for moments of the week, but I would also like to, for you to give me your moment of the week and whether or not you'll continue watching the show, starting with Ryan. Okay, so my moment of the week is, in general, Pogo. We did not talk about him enough last oh, week. Oh, Pogo's great. Oh, Pogo's uh, good. The, Part of the show. The acting's amazing. The effects are amazing. Like I can't believe how good it looks, and I always want him on screen more. Um I am going to, if I keep watching, it's because it's available immediately. Mm. And that's not because the show is great. You know, I think that I would cut it if it came out on Tuesday nights. Yeah, but, because but you can, I can watch it tomorrow morning. Yeah, and so I yeah. think I'm just going to keep going, you know? And uh, rub one up. Greg? Uh, my favorite part is uh, number five, who can travel through time, talking about his, like, this woman that he had a yep. relationship with. Dolores. Dolores. And uh, it's like, women... Is this really going to be a real woman? Nope, it's a mannequin. He had a whole <laughs> Who does relationship not come to life? with a mannequin, nope. no. Puts her in a backpack. <laughs> uh, oh, and are you going to continue watching this uh, this show? Uh, actually, yeah, th- but it's on probation for me. I was <laughs> oh, on, wow. I, like, You're on notice. You liked this episode a lot. I actually I liked the first episode and didn't like this episode that much. And I'm like, eh, if, 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 if there's another one that I think is weak or slow, going to Cutsville. Is it weird to you guys that both of our weird powered people in a mansion shows watched old footage on TVs that don't work this week? <laughs> Are there always going to be parallels between them? Uh, yes, if, I think there uh, will yeah, be. Probably. That's not my moment of the week. My moment of the week is uh, is Vanya. The guy starts, he picks up the violin and just cat, dead cat screeches and she goes, wow, really just uh, going for it. And that's the Ellen Page I want. <laughs> oh, her whole treatment of like, people your age don't your learn life, I want your money, so but old. you're weird. <laughs> and yes, I'll keep watching uh, my moment of the week was uh, just this this kid like showing up with a, a cyber eye, and he's just like, "Hey, tell me who this belongs to." And they're like, uh, "We can't do that." A, you're 11 years old, and B, that is sensitive medical information. <laughs> this is a place of business. And he's like, he's like incredulous. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I will kick you in the shin, sir. But he hasn't dealt with people in decades, so it makes sense that he doesn't fucking remember how to deal with people. Uh, and Do you think I, his penis is still 12? <laughs> oh, no. It's full 80-year-old hog. Oh, Could you boy. imagine having to deal with a 12-year-old penis again? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Michael, stop. That, <laughs> it's like a live wire, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not going back to that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and I will continue watching this show because I enjoyed it. And uh, I have felt, a 12-year-old like, penis. felt like the end of this uh, episode really put me in. Uh, the Umbrella Academy is also on all the time on Netflix. We're watching it week by week, so join us as we do that. That is all of the shows that we watched this Woo. week. Congratulations to us. We made it through. <laughs> uh, we cobbled over every stone. Yeah. Next week. Flash! Woo! Do you know no why? Way. Oh, Gorilla Grodd versus oh. King motherfucking Shark! Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, okay, that should be pretty Gorilla dope. Gorilla versus Shark. We're watching The Flash next week. 
But that's all for this week. <laughs> so stay tuned Are for you that sure? next time. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I'm Taylor for Taylor. I'm Mike for Mike. I'm Ryan for Ryan. We are Survivor Phil. <laughs> we are the world. Thank you very much.